Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. And that's the name of the game today. You're going to need leverage. You're going to need a little bit of power before you go into these relationships to, number one, even create them, and number two, make sure that Something happens after you created them so you don't get put on a shelf. And as a matter of fact, that's why we named it The Climb, Creating Leverage in the Music Business, C-I-L-M-B, you see. It's an acronym by our incredible wordsmith, Mr. Brent Baxter. It's Mm -hmm. quite unbelievable. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Brent Baxter. He's an award-winning hit songwriter and my friend with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Cash money, baby! Cash money! Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And we all know why there's no S, because there's only one Johnny D. What's up, brother? Man, I have you know I got the little husky voice I feel like going on tonight, but uh, I'm trying to make it through. That's better for radio. It's better for podcasts. Husky, there we go. <laughs> Hi there, husky. That's also how they describe me when I had a little a few pounds to lose when I was in uh, when I was a a healthy kid. There was a moment in your He's life husky. where you had a few pounds to lose. Really? He's husky. Oh man, did that yeah, ever I've exist? Had a few of those moments. Stop that. No way. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, you're, you're rail thin, man. Like, well, it's. <laughs> My uh, my wife introduced me to a phrase, skinny fat. Skinny fat? Uh, <laughs> you're like the fattest skinny guy that she's like, ever known. Like you're, it's like a, you're skinny, but you're still fat. So, uh, <laughs> no, man, back in Arkansas, <laughs> I, I sat in the cubicle. I was, you know, the cubicle jungle we've oh, talked about. yeah, I've had that happen. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sipping on Mountain Dew, chained a headset on the yeah, phone all day. Ivy sugar, zero oh, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Not a lot of exercising, cubed couch. Oh, my goodness. Ballooned up. When I was in the mortgage industry doing 12 hours in a cubicle, I had the same thing. Like, the, it got mm. out of control. I freaked. But anyway, uh, we got a lot to cover today. <laughs> yes. um, more than skinny speaking, fat. Speaking got- a lot to cover, so did my pants back then. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, dude, I got to listen. I got, okay, I'm going to testify right now. Things were getting a little out of control for me recently. And I started running again, and I have lost. I come to find out, you know, I had, I, I went and saw like my general doctor or whatever um, a few months ago, uh, a couple months ago, and and um, just a normal checkup or whatever, and then uh, weighed myself and and 
on the heavier side of my life, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, I, you know, I had that eye operation recently. Yeah. So I can see out of one eye right now, by the way, people. It's like amazing. <laughs> you saw yourself in the mirror? I, yeah. Right from the shower? Like, and holy crap, like, I gotta get to work, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I've lost 15 pounds uh, in the awesome. last two months. So I'm super stoked and had a couple people comment that have known me from way back. Like, you look like you lost weight just from my Facebook picture. So that feels good. Awesome. Well, good deal, buddy. Hard work plus dedication equals success. There you go. Hard work plus (laughs) running. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we're going to get into uh, Brent's going to be at the helm today. He's driving. He's he's flying the ship. Mm -hmm. What are we going to learn? Well, nepotism. No, I'm just that kidding. If you listen to the last episode, <laughs> you know I'm not supposed to say it one more time. Say no. that one more one time. One more time. So go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't. No, tonight we're going to talk about uh, cuttable songwriting, and I'm going to break down the recent Luke Bryan number one hit, Fast, which was actually like the sixth number one hit off his Kill the Lights album, which Insane. is crazy these days. So I've heard some interviews that are like, Luke, he his songs just fly up and fly down. Like they, it's like, we want them to slow down a little bit. It's a good problem, I guess, for the songwriters to have that he goes number one too fast. Oh, but, uh, I've heard a c- couple different stories like that in the Bobby Bones yeah. cast. In the Bobby, yeah, cast. that's what I've been hearing some of that stuff too. Yeah, so his, sure. you know, he's one of the guys. Man, that sucker's chug right up the charts. But yeah, so this was a number one. And the thing about fast that I find. But wait, before uh, before we dig mm-hmm. any deeper. Yes. Uh, I just wanna, I need to interrupt you because we oh, need well, to well, talk about a review. Oh, you can always interrupt me if it's five stars. It's five stars. It Bam. is five stars. The review is from, uh, it looks like Austin McBride. Essential for mm-hmm. any DIY, DIY musician or songwriter. The Climb offers clear, up-to-date insight into the inner workings of the music business. Johnny and Brent's fun personalities. We have, we have fun personalities. Johnny That's and Brent's fun personalities home. keep the podcast interesting while their unparalleled industry knowledge helps keep listener, helps listeners get to where they need to go. I guarantee you'll learn something new and useful with each episode. Thank you, Austin McBride. Thank you, Austin McBride. That was quite a ride you just gave us during right. that review. So, that. cool. I appreciate it, man. That's and, awesome. And, hey, if, again, if you love this stuff, Share this podcast, okay? Get it to more people. We keep breaking every single month. We break a record, like every single month. We had more downloads than we did the month before. It's awesome. I love that. And so, leave a rating and review that helps other people believe that we're for real and we're not just some kind of, you know, uh, trick pony or whatever. And one mm-hmm. trick pony or whatever they would call it. Uh, whatever they, they call it, yeah. Pig and the Pope. You know what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know they want to believe it's real. And um and and share it with your friends, man. If you're getting something out of it, then all, all you're gonna do is look cool when you share it. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna be like, "Wow, exactly. this is awesome." So I know. Get a little bit of that reciprocity. Have them go, "Man, thanks for turning me on to that podcast." You'd be like, "Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know cool stuff." That's right. I'm in crowd now. You in crowd too. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right. So fast, fast. All right. So uh, one thing I find really interesting about this song is that fast is kind of like a '90s country song at its heart. And we're quite a ways from the 90s, and I know, like, I cut my teeth on 90s country kind of stuff, and I know a lot of other writers out there did, you know, the Garth heyday, the 90s, boom, Alan Jackson, all these, you know, huge time. And the market has shifted. It's not like the 90s anymore, the way that songs are written and getting cut. But at its heart, I think Fast is, like, would fit right in with the 90s style stuff. But 
it's not written like a 90s song. It's written in a way that appeals to today's market. It's market current, you know? Mm-hmm. So as a result, so? I think... It, How so? Oh, that's what we're going to get into. Oh. So as, as a result, I think it appeals to both sides of the, like the, the bro country divide. You know, because you have people that love like what Luke's doing, and they love the new stuff and Florida Georgia Line and all that stuff, and it fits in with that. And they love fast. It blew up, went number one. But also, you know, some of the kind of the older guard, the like the more than like '90s country and that style. There's a lot of stuff for them too, because I've talked to writer buddies like I love that song, my favorite Luke Bryan song or whatever. Because there's a lot of that like '90s kind of style in there mm. for those people. So it it. it really bridges that divide really well. And so I'm like, how do the writers do that? How do they make fast so cuttable and so relatable to kind of this both sides of this divide? So I want to take a look at that. So here's um there are a few things and we'll start kind of broad strokes and we'll dive into some things. So first off, the song is more love than lusty <laughs> for one thing. You know, the singer's a little more sensitive than cool, although he's by no means is he a sissy. He's, he's still got his man card, and we'll talk about that too, but there's a little more depth there. You know, it's, like I said, it's more love than lust, yet yeah, ultimately a love song, and also it's a life song. You know, I talk about how life goes too fast. So it's cool. It's got this love element. It's got the life element to it. It's a little more depth than the normal bro thing, but it still works in that world. Another thing I think is cool about it is that it flirts with being a three-act play. Now, a three-act play was really common in 90s country. Songs like Don't Take the Girl, Where Have You Been, uh, How Can I Help You Say Goodbye. Um, so many country songs in the 90s I had this three-act play where it's, um, you know, first verse is, you know, maybe some point in the past to the, you know, one little vignette, second verse is another vignette, bridge is like some other vignette or a little wrap up. So you get like these three little acts to this play of this song. And so uh, this riffs off the three act play. For example, the first verse talks about high school and wanting a fast car and also about like home team, wanting fast home team athletes. And so whereas a 90s style three act play would would really kind of flesh that out and say, like, when I was 16, I, I wanted a fast car. I, you know, man, I would see them driving by and I'd, you know, lust after them. Or I was in the, you know, the garage with dad every weekend trying to get a car, you know, build a, rebuild this old Mustang or whatever and really take you there. And the second verse would really take you into the, the, the rebellious love thing. It, it doesn't quite do that. So what it does, it, it touches on that stuff. Um, so it talks about, you know, fast. That's the kind of car you want when you're 16. Fast. That's the kind of boys you want on your hometown team. Fast. And so it it evokes that kind of like high school days. Mm-hmm. That's without the imagery. Saying, without saying I was 16 and this is what I wanted and this is what the guys <laughs> in my football team were like, what I wanted them to be like. But it still kind of evokes that. And it's not so much me. It has the universal you in there. Mm-hmm. That, Fast. That's the kind of car you want when you're 16. That's the kind of boys you want on your hometown team. He's talking about himself because he's that guy, but also he's kind of just talking to the listener, kind of making a universal statement. So it it kind of riffs off that direct play, but it's a little bit different. It's still kind of in the moment. He's telling it to you in the moment. He's not telling you a story from the past, but he's still kind of evoking some of that nostalgia. There, too. Yeah, of. and that, that, the next line being... Um that you think you're going to catch your dreams, 
your fast. big dreams fast. You know, when you're that young, you don't really realize the work that's going to yeah. go into it. So, so that sort of puts you back in there, too. It puts it you, put back, you in back in there without, let me tell you a story about a time when I was 16. Right. Doesn't get like autobiographical. It's more like kind of universal statements, but still kind of gets it to you, still delivers that, that feeling. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and the second verse moves to a different theme, which is the young rebel love. Then the bridge brings it to the present moment. So it's still – it's kind of a three-act play, but it's not. You know, they they twist it up a little bit, which is pretty cool. Um, and so just already – just right off the beginning, it's like familiar but current. From, you know, 90s but current. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now I want to take a look at fast through the uh, lens of some of the, some of the elements I talk about in my workbook called Cuttable. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I call this Cuttable Songwriting. Cuttable is a, is a workbook, and I have workshops and stuff where we dive in and say, okay, how do you write songs that are cuttable, able to be cut? And so one of the big topics that I talk about in Cuttable is imagery. And so looking at fast through the imagery lens, it's it's not overloaded with the imagery. Um, the writers do throw a few well-placed images into the lyric. Like, you know, the first verse opens up with the fast car when you're 16. And you know, I bet that made you flash back to a memory or to see some sort of Mustang or whatever your Corvette or whatever your kind of dream fast car was. Yeah. Lee, whatever it is, you know. Um, and so the hometown team line makes me picture my high school football days. Go yeah. Pioneers, you know. So I think about that stuff. Go uh, Comets. Go Comets. Delvin Darian Comets. Shout out to my the hometown. Delvin Darian Comets. Delvin Darian we, we were it, celestial um, things. <laughs> what do you call a comet? <laughs> Somebody from Delvin Darien. Boom. There you go. All right. Um, yeah, we're the Batesville Pioneers. Go Pioneers. Yeah. So, um, actually, for some reason, our school fight song was on Wisconsin. So, there's <laughs> I don't know why I was on Wisconsin. Fights <laughs> on them. Nobody asked any questions. They just kept yeah, on whatever. Well, I mean, there's only so many, right? I guess. Did we back down when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? I thought that was the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Shut up. He's on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, got the images. Hit the nostalgia button. Chorus gives you the hourglass sand. The second verse doesn't have too much in the way of imagery. I, I kind of see the parents, but that's about it. But the bridge is really where they dive in and paint the picture. They got the smiling girl in the dress looking out the window. So that's the most they kind of paint the picture. And I think it's interesting the writers do the most work to put you like in the moment mm-hmm. when, the, when they bring the song to the present moment, which is interesting. Like when they're looking back, it's not painted as vividly as in the bridge when they get to the present moment. Then they really bring it to life and really get specific on that, which is, I think, interesting. So, which obviously they did it on purpose because nothing's in this song by mistake. But I thought that was cool. So, good, good use of imagery. And when they're in the present moment, that's when they really paint it. Um, something else I talk about in Cuttable, because you know I like acronyms, is GAPS. So, G A P S, which stands for Growth, Achievement, Preaching or Positioning. And songwriting. And so gaps, they're, those are the spaces in an artist's catalog where there's a gap. And that gap is an opportunity. It's just, it's a gap that you can hopefully fill with one of your songs. Mm. It's where there's, you know, a little, a little chink in the armor. It's, there's some, some space, hopefully, maybe a need there that you can fill. 
So I think fast fills a gap for Luke Bryan on the growth part of it. So it allows Luke to talk about love and life from a little bit more mature perspective. So, you know, sure, it's not like old grandpa wisdom. You know, he's not sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair handing out, you know, sipping on sweet tea and dipping and mm-hmm. spitting sunflowers and telling, you know, his kids <laughs> about life, grandkids about life. He's not doing that. But so he's not handing out the answers to the questions of life, but it's deeper than his usual, like tailgates and tan lines type subject matter. That's he's for sure. talking about something. It's about love and it's life and how, it, you know, he's lived enough to kind of look back on it and go, wow, it really moves fast. So it's it's not a huge departure from what he does, but it's, it's a gap. It's like on that leading edge of maturity and depth for him. Mm-hmm. It's a little more than maybe he's done, at least in a single. So there's a gap there. There's a little spot there. Pushing the edge he, a little bit. He's pushing, pushing the edge a little bit. Getting exactly. outside of his comfort zone. Yeah. In that lyric. Sometimes yeah. the, the gaps are in different places, not always on the leading edge, but in, in this regard, it is in this particular song. Um, and again, it's, it's more true love than tailgate lust, which is a little bit of a gap from he hadn't worn out true love yet. <laughs> you know, he's done a lot of tailgate lust. Get up in my big oh, black Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hadn't yeah, done a lot yeah. of, like, love. Yeah. A lot of hooking up, a lot of I miss you, girl. But this is this is like a love song at its heart as yeah. well. So I think it, it's cool because it's kind of the same guy from those other songs, but he's maybe a little bit older, a little more mature, and he's in love. And I think that's pretty cool. That's clever. Yeah, it's like they thought about this for a minute. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, the next thing I want to talk about is called, uh, is because I like acronyms, PULLED, P-U-L-D, and it stands for Positive, Uptempo, Love, Depth, okay? So the, I like acronyms because you remember stuff. but uh, Like the climb? Like the climb, exactly. <laughs> you know you're clearly like the ac- man to go with that on the title. Like, you, you're, you're the guy uh, for the job. <laughs> just hand it off. Brent, I got that. I was high-fiving out. myself. I thought of that. Oh, I can make it mean something, too. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so songs simply tend to be more cuttable when they're positive, when they're up-tempo, when they're about love or have or say something with some depth. So, Fast checks several of those boxes because it's, it's positive. You know, there's some bittersweet emotion to it because, man, it just goes too fast. But he's happily in love. Like, I want, I want to press pause on this moment because I'm so in love with you. I don't want this moment to change. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately it's is some bittersweet, but ultimately it's positive. Also, um, pulls off some depth, being about you know how life moves too fast, and so it's kind of a life song. So you got positive love and some depth. It's not it's not an up tempo song, but you know has some nice movement to it. It's it doesn't just sit there like a slow ballad. It, it moves, especially that chorus picks it up some and and moves pretty good. So it, like a mid tempo ish kind of. of mid, yeah. So you know it's on that edge of of tempo. So yeah, pull positive up tempo love depth checks a lot of those boxes. So they're like, okay, let's you know use well placed imagery. Let's do you know find something that fits a gap for Luke and then let's start checking off the pulled boxes. Love it. And yeah, so Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. So like I've been talking about, a lot of these come from uh, my workbook, Cuttable. And I have this cool thing coming up. I just want to take a second to let you all know about that. I have a cool opportunity coming up. If you like want to dive into this stuff, you're like, oh, I like how he's breaking this stuff down. I want to think about this with you know my songwriting and apply this to my own writing because I want to write Cuttable songs. I have this thing coming up called the C4 Experience or C4X. So it's a series of workshops coming up in August. And so like every Tuesday night in August, we're going to be doing these, but there are only 10 spots available. So I keep it really small. It's going to be a, a core group of people, and we're going to dive in deep to this, this material. So that way, that every, all 10 people get like a pretty decent amount of attention from you. Oh, the, yeah. What we're going to do is you're going to get to, uh, everyone that joins the C4 experience is going to get a free copy cuttable, and they're going to have homework. Okay, Tuesday night, you're going to be doing lesson one. There are five lessons in Cuttable. There going to be five nights we're going to be doing this. So every every night we're going to start off, you're going to do your homework ahead of time. And for the thir- first 30 minutes, we're just going to discuss it. Hey, what'd you learn? What'd you see when you did your homework? So there's some accountability there. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is like a five-week program with the same like a, 10 people. With the same 10 people. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we're going to keep it small. So you're going to get to know each other. But yeah, the C4, the four C stand for creative, commercial, coaching, and community. So the C4 experience is about celebrating your creative spirit and sharpening your commercial songwriting. And you're guided by coaching, by expert coaching, moi, and encouraged by a supportive community. Because yeah. you get to know those other 10 writers in there because you're going to be together for five for five weeks. And so the first 30 minutes, we're going to go over kind of the homework. Hey, what'd you get out of it? What do you think about it? What'd you find? You know, what were your experiences? What you, any questions? We're going to talk about that for the first half hour. And then we're going to do two 45-minute spotlight sessions. So each rider gets 45 minutes kind of on the hot seat, you know, or in the spotlight where I'm like, okay, Billy, you know, it's your spotlight. What's going on with your riding? What can I help you with? I'll listen to a song, give you feedback. I'll answer your questions. It's like your time for us all to kind of dive in on your career and your writing and to try and help you move forward. We'll do two of those a night. So over the five nights, all 10 10 people get it done. Yeah, that's cool. And so I've done it one time before. 
So I don't do them very often. It's been over a year since I did the last one, and I thought it was time to bring it back. So if you're interested in it, all you need to do to learn more is go download Gift from Brent.com because that gets you on the Songwriting Pro Insiders list, which I'll be sending out the information about it. That's always the best place to go. So if you're listening to this podcast you know, a year from now, I may have another one of these coming up. Go to giftfrombrent.com, download the free ebook, think like a pro songwriter, mm-hmm. and that way you'll be in the know of the next one. So this will always be relevant. So I'll probably have another one of these coming up. I think about doing these maybe about twice a year. Well, that's cool, this man. Is the next one. So this is the only one we know of for sure going to happen because it may change my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you should check it out, giftfrombrent.com. That's awesome. I mean, I that, that's that's last one went really well. Coaching, that's like I mean, just doing it, like getting in with some people and actually doing it. instead of reading about it and hearing about it. We just get in and you, you know, yeah, get in the rank and the writers and and we're just going to work to apply that to our own songwriting and and really dig in. So we'll be going over stuff like you know, pulled imagery gaps and the next thing, which is the MVPOV, which is you know most important point of view, like an uh-huh. MVP. OV, most important point of view. So this is where the writers, and the writers on this song, by the way, are Luke Bryan, Luke Laird, and Rod D. Clawson. They've written a couple hits between them. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so these guys know what their bonds. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Poor guys. This is where they really pull off some cool stuff. Okay. They managed to kind of break a rule and make it pay off. So Luke sings from a... Uh, what I call the me to the world point of view. And in Cuttable, I call it the fourth POV, which is, you know, fast. That's the kind of car you want when you're 16 fast. Those are the kind of boys you want on you. And then it's in the chorus when it talks about, you know, 60 seconds now feels more like 30, tick top, don't stop, round it goes. And you just sing this, but you want to make it last as long as you can, but you can't. It just goes too fast. It's kind of like your general me singing to the world anthem. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be singing to any one person in particular. He's just like into a megaphone to the whole world anthem mm-hmm. thing. We can all this universal thing we can all relate to. So that's a, what I call the fourth point of view. If you want to know what the other ones are, you've got to get cuttable. <laughs> but uh, and so that's cool because that's the fourth point of view is really good for anthems like this, big statements like this. So he does that in verse one and chorus one. And then um, he sings in the first-person point of view, which is like me singing to you specifically, not you, the world, and whoever is listening, but to like you, a person. In the second verse in the bridge, in this case, it's you, the girl, the love interest. Because mm-hmm. it changes. Because in the second verse, he goes, fast. That's what your parents said when we were falling in love. It's too fast. You know, we made it. Now our only problem is it goes too fast. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, oh, he's talking to to somebody, you know, yeah, the girl, which is you didn't know that until then. So they kind of pulled a fast one, a oh, fast one on you. Hey, oh, hey, sh- look at me! It's that's in there. Veal. He'll be here all week. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, time enjoy the reveal. Oh, boom. oh, oh look at that again, yeah, again. Just so when he thought he wasn't done. <laughs> right. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's cool. So it starts off with you know it's feeling more like an anthem to draw everybody in, and then they do that fourth point of view, the meat of the world, and the second verse 
still talking to you, but I, now you realize, oh, the you is like you girl. You know, they kind of got away with one because generally I say don't change your point of view, but they were able to find a way to keep it you. And so it, it's very kind of elegant the way they do it. It doesn't. And the, and the you, the meaning of you changed, the focus of you changed. A few changes, but it's not abrupt or like harsh or doesn't make sense. Like you listen to it and not even know to say do it. As a listener, a lot of people probably don't really even notice they do it, but it's it's really elegant because these guys know what they're doing. All right, it could be you could fumble it easily. Uh, so generally, I say don't try to do that unless you're Luke Bryan, Luke Laird, and Rodney Clausen. But it's cool how they they pulled it off because first person point of view is the best for romantic love songs. It's me loving you. I love you is a lot more powerful than he loves her or I love her. You know, as a listener, you want to hear "I love you," not "I love him" or "I love her." Mm-hmm. It's just emotionally impactful, and they know that, and so they were able to build that in. So they got the first verse, the "you." They did it where it's best for anthem. Second verse, the first person point of view, "you" is best for love songs. So they they wove them both in nicely. So um, you got to be careful mixing those kind of point of views, but they pulled it off and, and did something really cool. So. Kudos to them. That's right. There's a fine line between clever and, and stupid. Right. <laughs> and they were clearly on the clever side. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so clever and stupid. It's, it's, they're stupid good. So, yeah. um, And then the last thing I want to talk about is um, neighborhoods. That's another section cuttable that we'll cover in the C4 experience. And Luke Bryan's neighborhood, and, and that's basically the kind of music – an artist music or kind of audience and artist music is really for where their audience lives, not literally but metaphorically. So Luke Bryan's neighborhood is has been solidly like bro country. You know, young, kind of shallow, sexy, tailgates and parties and that kind of thing. Party in the field, tailgate mm-hmm. beer. You know, so that's been solidly his neighborhood. He's been right in the middle of that neighborhood. Yeah. So he, did, he helped build the neighborhood. He, yeah, he really did help. He's like, welcome to my neighborhood. Yeah, that's right. Right, he's like, Mr. Rob, what is it, Mr. Rogers? <laughs> neighborhood. Won't neighborhood. you be my neighbor? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's. Uh, so, anyway, uh, but as I mentioned under Gaps, this song kind of grows him beyond that just a little bit, you know, beyond the just the, the solid bro country thing. It's a little more depth, a little more love, but it's not like a big leap across town out of his neighborhood. It's right. like just one house over in his neighborhood. You know, it's like the adjacent neighborhood. It's the next neighborhood over. So he doesn't get lost. His fans, his his neighbors and stuff can still find him. He's just one street over. And so uh, he keeps one foot planted firmly in the in bro. And how he keeps his bro cred is a couple of ways. One, uh, when he begins a song with bro-friendly subjects of like fast cars and hometown sports. Mm-hmm. Right. Bro. Meatballs, Meatballs right across the plate. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's, it's fast cars, hometown, probably football team. Bro. Yo. Good. Keeping your bro cred. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not in like a really shallow way. It's just, you know, those are subjects that are bro-friendly. Right. So the second verse has some rebellious teenage romance in it. So her parents disapprove of the relationship, said it was going too fast. Now, it's not like Grand Theft Auto, you know, but fast cars and rebellious teenage love kind of help him keep that, you know, a little bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. It's not super edgy, but, you know, he's talking about fast cars and sports and now a little bit of rebellious love. 
So he gets to keep his man card, you mm-hmm. know, it, which fits in with his his brand. He's not all squishy, lovey-dovey stuff. He's still got some hair on his chest, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and lastly, and this is a big one, because this is where it could have gone off the rails. They keep it young. Okay? So the theme of the song, you know, life just goes so fast. Naturally, could have a writer saying, you know, writing about getting married, getting some gray hairs, watching your kids growing up too fast. It could land on that spot. Now our kids are growing up, and... What, we're on a rocking chairs, and man, it just goes so fast. Mm-hmm. They don't do that because that's not Luke's neighborhood. He's yeah. not going to. He's not Grandpa on the rocking chair, and he's not going to sing like his Grandpa on the rocking chair. He's like Brian. He's young. He can. He's wearing leather pants. Yeah. If your Grandpa wears leather pants, well, your Grandpa might have worn. I, leather I think pants. Luke I Brian mows the lawn with leather pants. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, he is not going to talk about, at this point in his career, and now we're watching the kids grow up. Yeah. Man, they grow up so fast. No, it's just not his neighborhood, man. We're talking, taking it one house across the street from his neighborhood, not across town in the retirement community. He's not in the 55 and up community where my parents live, you know? Mm-hmm. So they keep it young. And for all we know, it doesn't give us a lot about the relationship. But for all we know, he and the girl have only been together like a, a year or two. Right? I mean, for all we know, because when you're 20, two years together seems like a long time. You go, man, it goes so fast. Because you're That's a good point. A and you don't know that they have kids. Like, there's no mention it, of that. They like, could, they even, they even had might any. not. Yeah. So, it's because open. of that ambiguity, people who have kids that are maybe in their 30s all of a sudden can relate instantly to that and that are I, still in yeah, love. You can relate it, to it, but it, also. And if you're just dating. Or you've been dating for a couple of years and you don't have kids, or maybe you just got married, or whatever. You, it's you can relate to the it's, same line. Right. Exactly that we talked about in the, under imagery. They really paint that picture of her in the dress with a smile by the window and the sun coming through, or whatever. So they got really specific mm-hmm. in that image. So it really brings you to that moment. But they don't bring in kids. They don't bring in gray hairs. They don't bring in any of that stuff that would age it up. Mm-hmm. Specific. But it doesn't cut people out of the song. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. And so that's a big thing. It's written openly enough that they could be married, they could be middle-aged or older. It's not It's not vague. That bridge is very specific, but it's open so that the listeners can see their own lives in it, which is spot on. Because when you think about life going too fast, and it helped probably having an artist in the room, but I think with Luke – Laird and Rodney Clawson, they still would have kept it young because those guys know what they're doing and they write cuttable songs, which is why they get so many songs cut. Mm-hmm. Hey, th- this idea sounds like you know you're going to want to go old. We're not going to do that because most artists aren't going to sing that. We're going to keep it young and relevant. Yeah. Still keep him his bro, you know, his, his man card, and so it's going to work in today's market. So I think fast hits on a lot of the principles I advocate for in cuttable. And we'll be going over in the C4 experience. So the, I, I think the songwriters did, did a great job of melding that kind of some of the 90s sensibility with the modern commercial sensibility to, to do something that really bridges that gap. And, and I think bring a lot of people over to uh, to being fans of that song and probably fans of Luke's for the first time. Not for Luke's nothing, but I mean, what a perfect song and a perfect third verse on the last single of the record. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's kind of like a cliffhanger, right? Like, what's the next record going to be if we're falling in love now and we're not, like, talking about tailgate? 
Yeah, because I mean, the first it, thing it was like kick the dust up. Yeah, and I mean, he's got loving hunting, fishing, loving every day, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got what would I don't even know what the some other. of the others strip it down and yeah, um, the home alone or home again, home alone tonight. I think yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, then it ends on a there's almost a kind of a journey of ending on a more settled, mature spot than the record. Start cycle. Yeah, is it foreshadowing for the next record? That's who knows. Like we're we're all wondering when's the next season going to start. I know. Is he? Yes. Talking about he's going to be like you know strollers and pacifiers. (laughs) Is he going to make that cool? I don't think girls would care as long as his butt still looks the way it does in those pants. They're like, you get a stroller, boy. You do it. Like (laughs) probably. Well, and we just killed this episode. That's there right. We, there it is. We just had it going, and now we ruined it. <laughs> right off, right off the rails. Well, hey, man. Uh, so th- there you go. I mean, that, that, that's an in-depth sort of breakdown of the sixth number one hit song from Luke Bryan's latest release, which is released over a year ago. And yeah, um, you know, God bless him. Good for him. And uh, and then w- once again, though, they, they, if they if they download. If they go to giftfrombrent.com and download mm-hmm. Think Like a Pro Songwriter, it, if you'll they, if they're yeah, not already on the list. Right. If you're already on the list, you're gonna be getting, you know, some I'm gonna be blogging about it. There'll be some links there if you want to go check it out, find out more about the C4 experience. If you're not already on the songwriting pro, you know, insiders list or or following the blog, giftfrombrent.com, get a free ebook which has a lot of helpful information in it for free. And then also you'll you'll get some emails where I'll just let you know about C4 where you can check it out. Like I said, it's limited to just 10 songwriters and I won't be doing it again for at least six months. So it's a big commitment. I mean that's a lot of time. It, yeah, it's a lot of time and it's it's limited. So there's for only you. Couple, that's what I mean. It's a lot of time for you. Oh, that's why you're me, only yeah. doing it once every six months. Like you can't exactly. be doing it every Tuesday. Cause... I'm like, honey, every Tuesday night, you're not going to be seeing me for a while. But yeah, uh, yeah I think fly. it's a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so check it out. And again, this you know I'll be doing these periodically. I plan to. So even if you're listening to this in the future, get from Brent.com's not going anywhere. There check go. it out. And you'll learn about the next one or whatever we got going on. So thanks for hanging in there with me. There's a lot to cover. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another uh, Killer The Climb episode. Remember, if you love this stuff, leave a rating and review on iTunes or on Stitcher. That helps us reach more people. helps us look more legit. And then spread it around. If you like this, you'll be cool. Tell your friends. Like, let people know. I think that, uh, you know, we're working real hard here to try to disseminate this information and give everybody a a correct perspective on what's going on in songwriting and what's going on in the music industry. And we we need your help. You know, let everybody know. Shout out from the treetops. And those of you that have done that, we thank you. We're grateful. We keep breaking uh, download records like every month we sometimes we break it by a few sometimes we break it by a few hundred and it's awesome so mm. right now is, is no different so uh excited about that but anyway listen we want you to win guys this is all about creating leverage and getting you in the best possible position so that you can be driving on your career and with that we will say keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.